Hi there, and thanks for being here. I'm Greg, a coach and the founder of DRB, a self-coaching app and community to find direction. In this podcast, I'm interviewing people who found direction and dared to be. They define who they wanted to become, confronted their fears, and took bold action to reach their own definition of success. I hope that you get inspired by their stories and that you learn about the realities, the joys, and the challenges of their journey. If you are interested to check out the Derby app and community, you can find it at www.derby.me. Derby yourself, my friends. Today, I am discussing with Louise Duast, who is an inspiring woman. In her early 30s, she has already been a foreign correspondent for the BBC in Africa, covered the Trump election in 2016 for the French television, reported on the Paris attacks live in 2015 for an American TV channel this time, and she also interviewed presidents of states. In this episode, she explained um, how she had a sort of a light bulb experience to know for sure that there was nothing else than journalism that she wanted to do. And then she uh, took several very courageous steps to do what she really wanted for herself. Um, She explains also how this has evolved over time from a, a sharp focus on her career to then also taking care of herself and, and her life in its entirety, uh, obviously keeping her passion for journalism. It was an inspiring discussion for me, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Excited to have this conversation. I wanted to start with uh, a name, Mariam Oiza. I thought maybe you could start just by explaining to our listeners who she is and why you met her. Sure. So Mariam is a 26-year-old Nigerian woman who lives and works in northeast Nigeria that has suffered from conflict in the last 10 years. And she is a really inspiring, amazing woman who very early on, when she was still a student, she told me, decided that she wanted to help other women, poor women, help them learn skills and earn a living. And so she created an NGO when she was 26 that supports women, basically, in, in northeast Nigeria. And the reason I did it, it's, it, seems, it doesn't seem that, you know, amazing. There are many other stories that I could have decided to focus on. But so I went to northeast Nigeria a few months ago to do some stories for, for AFP and you know, as I said, you know, there's been conflict for over 10 years. So there are, you know, a lot of the situation there is really, is really dire, is really sad, you know, sadness and poverty everywhere around you. And I, I met this woman through a sort of friend contact, uh, friend in common. And we were, I was not initially going to write about her. But then when I met her, and I heard her story and her how strong she is and how resilient and also how like positive she is and I was just so inspired and amazed by her and initially I wanted to do a story on you know sexual violence which is a big issue in northeast Nigeria Uh, a lot of young girls get married off very young and but instead of so what I decided to do was instead of writing about you know, a really horrible, sad topic, I decided to sort of still write about that, but a positive, inspiring lens, uh, which is through this woman, Mariam, who is working, who is dedicating her life to, to help these girls and women. 
so I spent a day, uh, a day, an entire day with her, following her in her sort of daily life, and and yeah, and it was it was it was it was amazing. It was, but it was also quite sad. You know, the work that she does is really is really difficult. But again, I was just so amazed by her by her strength and and resiliency that I thought I was hoping you know that that could also be inspiring for for people to read. yeah and it was very inspiring to read and what I'd like to do is okay so this is recent work that you've done and and just backtrack quite a few years if you could describe you know where you grew up you know how was it like when you grew up and, and then I've got a follow on question just to try and bridge where you come from, yeah. where you are right yeah. now and, and the type of work you, you, you've been. Yeah. So I've been in Africa now for just over three years, but I was born in London, raised in a French family, French environment. You know, I went to French school. I speak French at home, but London is my home. And yeah, I stayed in London until I was 17, 18. Then I went to Paris briefly for a year to study. And then I came back to London to study. Uh, I studied political science. And it was in my second year uh, at university in London that I, sorry, there are power cuts. <laughs> I can hear you. This is the reality of Nigeria, that we have power cuts every few hours. So sorry about that. The generator is being uh, put on. So yeah, it was in my second year that I decided to be a journalist. So that's sort of where it all started. Can you explain how did you know you wanted to become a journalist? Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a specific, there's not something specific or a specific event that made me want to become a journalist, but definitely a succession of of things now that i that that i look back you know growing up i was the youngest of four and i remember you know at dinner you know dinner table with my family because i was the youngest one i felt like i needed to catch up when i was very young and i needed to learn a lot to sort of be able to participate in in the grown-up conversations and i remember like learning, you know, I would sort of try and learn history books or, or read like newspapers to try and be able to participate in, in, in the conversation. So I think that that was maybe something that triggered my interest in, in current affairs, uh, being surrounded by, you know, uh, always uh, surrounded by people that were older than me at home. I also love reading and writing, you know, growing up. I remember at 9-11, you know, everyone remembers that day. And I was, I think I was about 10 or 11. And I was doing a scrapbook with newspaper cuts, you know. And, and I remember that's the first time where I cut pictures of, you know, of the attack and started, and I sort of wrote a article a basic article you know that no one had asked me to do it or anything I just sort of did it but yeah I remember that so that was and I enjoy I enjoyed the experience you know writing about what had happened and yeah and yeah and then so you know when I started studying when I went to university I started thinking a bit you know okay what 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 kind of jobs would, would I like to do and I think at first, when I, in my first year at university, I, I because I, I was really interested in history, I was thinking maybe 
something around a historic art historian or auctioneer so because I I've also always liked you know when I was a kid I loved like detective games and sort of finding out stories behind an object or behind mm -hmm. an event or things like that so I so I thought oh maybe that could be interesting uh, but to do that you need to study law and my dad is a lawyer and so I remember my first internships were in a law firm and It was so boring. It was so boring that after a week, I was like, okay, no, this is not for me. So um, I had another thing. And, and I, I, I can't remember how, but I got an internship at Reuters, at Thomson Reuters. This was my second year at university. And it wasn't in the journalist part of Reuters, but it was, it was in the business part of Reuters. But I was still, you know, sort of interacting with journalists and learning about journalists. I didn't know any journalists around me. So it's not, you know, something that I had. I didn't really have, uh, mod, you know, figures that I could, you know, look up to or anything. So that's really at Reuters that I first sort of realized that this was a job, that this was an option. And I remember there was a talk at, during my internship at Reuters, a correspondent who was based in Africa. And he had written a story about how foreign aid was being diverted and that because of corruption basic people in need were not getting aid and his story had you know a huge impact and I was amazed that you know journalism could do that just by writing and by you know going to places and and writing and I yeah so I think that's you know that put a little seed in my in my head and then afterwards basically for the net for the following you know few years I did so many internships unpaid internships I was lucky enough to you know be able to stay at home with my parents and 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 I did so many internships and I and then the second sort of key moment where I really realized I loved journalism was Another internship in the U.S. I was I had gone to the U.S. for a few months. I was about 21, and it was at a TV station. And on my first day, you know, I knew nothing about nothing really about journalism or the U.S. So I had just arrived. It was my first day, and the editor in chief said, "Okay, we have an editorial meeting at seven. Come up with some idea, story ideas for the you know evening news show or something." So I, you know, I spent like half an hour reading the local paper and sort of trying to find something and 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 I I so I, I did I pitched an idea I I had read that so it was in LA LA and I I I had found out that well I had read somewhere that LAX airports was had a big problem with the exotic animal tra uh, traffic and I just thought oh well that's quite interesting and so I said why don't we do a story about exotic animal trafficking at LAX and they were like okay yeah sure that sounds great and a week late so we did it I mean I was just an intern so you know I, the producers did it and I but I helped and a week later the story aired on national tv And that's really when I saw, there were two things that I really loved about that. First was the team. I love the team, teamwork that, uh, especially in TV, TV journalism and broadcast that, you know, you work with producers, cameramen, correspondent. I just love the team, the team effort. 
that went into into building a story and then I just thought the other the second thing I loved was that you know from you know you pitch an idea on Monday and then on Friday it's the result is on you know on national tv and that's something that's that has I still really enjoy with journalism is that you get immediate I mean very quick usually very quick satisfaction you know you your stories are get out your your you know it's not you know it's not yeah you get quick results which is really enjoyable yeah yeah you were not only you know interested by the topics you know like current affairs okay for whatever reasons you know maybe in your youth but also you know by the impact it may have had like this retro story of the, the journalist like unveiling something and covering something and having an impact but also actually really enjoying doing the work and 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 seeing you know like you said writing and 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 reading but also well just like the teamwork i mean you kind of iteratively you know figured out what you love and and i guess little by little you kind of confirmed it sounds that okay well actually yeah i really like a lot of those aspects and and as you talk about it it makes a lot of sense that you are where you are yeah i mean i remember so it was after that tv station experience where i literally i told i said i this is what i want to do and there is nothing else that i i ever think i i was really like in love with 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 journalism and the idea of it and i was so driven so can, I, we, can, can we just i'm sorry to interrupt but just yeah I mean, that sounds like a really important moment. And I just would love to sort of zoom in for a minute on this. So you're like, okay, there is nothing else. And obviously it's been the work of, you know, I mean, you, you, you've been working towards that moment. So it didn't just arrive by chance. I mean, you created your chance. You even like were brave enough. You had a half an hour to find a topic and pitch it yeah. as an intern. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just that, yeah. you know, you, you were brave already. But so what happened so, so you explained very well what was happening before you got to that moment. In that moment, like there is nothing else. Can you explain what, what, what was that moment like? Well, for me, that was really the beginning. That was really when I, and this was 10 years ago. And I, I you know, this was really when I thought, okay, I'm going to do everything. And actually I remember because, you know, my, my, my dream at that point you know, I knew that I wasn't going to, to, you know, work for a TV station in, in LA. That wasn't the dream. But the dream was to do journalism. At that point, I wanted to do TV. I've since changed. I wanted to do broadcast. And I wanted to, because of my international upbringing, I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. I wanted, you know, I've also, we haven't spoken about it yet, but, you know, growing up, we traveled a lot with my family and I, I'm, curious about the world and I really wanted to, to 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 be a journalist in a foreign country to travel to to sort of write about the world for an audience back home so that was and actually during that tv station internship it was during the Arab Spring and I remember seeing emails from the correspondents in who were you know describing their experience and you know I remember this like it was 10 years ago but I remember this so vividly because I was like this is exactly what I want to do you know I want to be in the field and 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 tell the world about things that are happening so yeah so that was really a defining moment it was it was the beginning and I thought okay how do I get there how do I 
how do I, yeah, what do I need to, to, to do to get there? And so that's when I really started to, to invest all my energy and time. You know, every holiday I would do an internship. Uh, I would meet. I, I really started building a network, uh, a network of people very early on, much earlier than most of my friends. You know, I, I would go and seek journalists. You know, wherever I was traveling or living at the time, I would go and meet people. I would keep in touch with people. You know, not just have a coffee and then goodbye. You know, I I really like invested mm, in, mm. In, in a network, which later paid off. So uh, Can I just just to yeah. pause here because you know having witnessed this right from inside the family, it's really interesting because I even remember myself challenging you on your decision of becoming a journalist because I was like you know it was in the days when it looked like journalism was going away you know there was Facebook coming up and and suddenly everybody could become a journalist and um, or I mean whatever definition of journalist you know you use here yeah. but I mean like yeah. being able to like share something from the field as it described and a lot of news agencies actually were starting to use actually those those flows of information and and i remember so me challenging you and at the same time being really impressed by you know that young woman just really i mean it looked very stubborn actually but very strong-headed on well no that's what i want to do and 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 clearly having you know working towards it with so much it wasn't that much passion it was just like I've got a plan, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm working on yeah. it. I'm just, I know what I'm doing. I, I know what I want. I, I think also because I think because of you know, in all the internships that I did, and in my first job in London, I would see older journalists, you know, that had 10, 20, 30 years of experience, and they still loved most of them still loved what they were doing. Mm. They had traveled the world. They had, you know, journalism is a fun job. Journalism is a fun job. It's a privilege. You get to meet amazing people. You get to tell people stories. And, and you try, it's, you know, often a bit naive to think that you succeed because often you don't, but at least you try and change things. You try and have impact. And so it's incredibly rewarding. And I saw that very early on in my internships and in my first job. In my first job, my first job was amazing because it was a very small team of very experienced people who were, you know, in their 50s. And I learned so much from them. And they really, I, I, you know, I was like, I want to be like them when I grow up, you know, sort of. And, and, and so I think that's also what, you know, kept me going is that, even if, you know, my family, my friends weren't necessarily, you know, didn't necessarily understand my choices. I felt like people within the industry, you know, uh, I was conf conf um, comforted by the examples I mm. saw in the industry. And how um, did it feel when you were maybe challenged by others, you know, when they weren't too sure for you? Hmm, it's a good question. You know, I still am being challenged. You know, my my life is so different than most of my family, all of my, you know, my friends, you know, most of them work in finance or marketing in, in Europe or in the US. So, you know, but I've, I don't know. It's, it's, 
I wouldn't say that I don't care because it's not, I don't mean it that way, but mm-hmm. I've just, I don't know. I just, it, it never stopped me. It never, and I think, you know, later on, and maybe we'll get into it, but, you know, there was a ter- another turning point more recently where, you know, I decided, I, I realized that, you know, actually my job isn't the only important aspect of my life and my goals changed. And so I think when I also started sort of paying more attention to my happiness in general and my personal life, I think my family and friends started questioning less of my professional choices. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think because until, you know, until, you know, for the first, the first five years of my career, it was all about, I want to be a foreign correspondent. I want to be in Africa. I want, you know, and I was making these choices that maybe seemed a bit irrational for, for people, you know, on the outside. And I think once that I succeeded and didn't fail <laughs> and then also, you know, showed that I, I had that I was happy in my choices and, and healthy, I think, you know, I, I, that maybe that reassured those who, who had doubts. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you alluded earlier to maybe talking about, you know, another defining moment. I wonder, you know, from the moment when you were in this you know, national TV station, you know, covering the LAX thing and, and then, you know, so could you maybe mention, you know, one or two or three, I don't know, you know, like key moments that really kind of, you know, either reinforced or, or actually hurt your progression in some way? Yeah, well, one of the other key moments was a bit later on. It was in 2015. So this was my first job, my first proper job as an associate producer in London. Mm -hmm. It was the terror attacks in Paris. I basically spent two months in Paris and in Brussels covering the attacks and and the aftermath i was i was in paris in front of the bataclan when the attacks happened reporting live for this american tv station i was working for and it was very it was hard because it was my country people my age that were affected and i think that's sort of also when i realized you know, this is not a joke, journalism, you know, also you're dealing with real life. And I I also realized the impact it has on this job can have on, on your mental health. And, you know, it didn't make me want to stop. But I also realized that I if I wanted to continue, I would need to make sure that I would take care of myself as well. Yeah, that was a really, that was a really big moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like before this, it was career, career, becoming a foreign correspondent, becoming a foreign correspondent. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, well, actually, you know, there is there is more. I mean, if I want to last, yeah. there is more. Yeah, there's got to be more. Absolutely. And I so I spent, you know, after spending yeah months and months covering, you know, topics that were really 
really quite difficult. I, I wanted to try, I wanted to do something else. And so I, I moved back to the US. I moved to, to DC and I, I covered the Trump election, the last few months of the 2016 election for French TV station. And, and that, you know, it was great. It was a great, it was a change. I, you know, it was covering politics. It was, I mean, it was also crazy in its own rights, but it was, it was, it was, I think it was exactly what I needed in that time, covering something that wasn't life or death. And, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I think it was at that point that I, so I had been working for three years full time as a journalist. And I, I felt I still had in that back of, I, I mentioned earlier that seeds that, I, that had been planted about going to Africa back when I was an intern at Reuters. And I, I still had that thought at the back of my head. I was in DC, I was covering politics, the story of the year, you know, all my, you know, contact, journalists, contacts, friends, colleagues were all, in other countries were all telling me you're, you know, you're in the best place for, for a journalist. Why would you ever want to go somewhere else? You know, you're in the thick of things, you should stay. But to be honest, I was a bit, I mean, even though I, I really enjoyed that experience and it was great for, for my career, I, I felt that it was time. I felt ready to finally take that leap of faith and, and, and be that foreign correspondent that I had dreamed of being five years before. Yeah. So I had those two years of experience. I had some savings. I had that network that I had built. And so I, and I was encouraged, you know, I was encouraged. It wasn't a decision that I made on my own. I really, really thought about it. I planned it. I, I didn't just wake up one day and decide to move to Congo. Like I, I really, I, I yeah, I planned it. But, but can we make just a little pause here? Because, you know, for other people, it may not be that clear, but you went from, yeah. you know, how old were you when you moved to, to Africa? So 20, 27, 27, yeah. So you were, yeah. you 27. You were covering the Trump election for a French TV network. Yeah. And then full-time staff. Full-time staffed yeah. with yeah. a salary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In the US, cozy Washington, I'm sure is still having a good time there. And then you said, yeah. no, actually, I, because not sure, you know, what did you actually do there? I mean, and then you decided to move to Congo, right? And Congo, yeah. I mean, out of- As a freelancer. Know, as, as a, thank you, as a freelancer, <laughs> And, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of picturing you with your camera, you know, yeah, uh, and that, yeah. in Congo on your own yeah. as yeah. a freelancer without a salary, yeah. without an employer, yeah. without yeah. knowing, I guess, many people there locally, but yeah. actually moving to Kinshasa yeah. as a 27 year old it, lady. Yeah. It was the best decision I ever made. And it's the best decision you ever made. It really is. It really is. So maybe I wouldn't, tell us a bit you know, about this. Sure. You know, I want to. I want to say, as I, you know, I, I didn't just wake up one day and go. Right. Like I really planned this. I, you know, because often I get calls from younger journalists who, who want to be foreign correspondents and you know, who ask me, should I just move to X Y Z? And I, I, I don't think it's always, you know, the 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 best. You know, it's difficult and it's definitely a risk. For yep. me, I say it's the best decision. It worked for me. 
but it doesn't mean that it will work for everyone. So I just want to say that sure, because sure. It, is, it is definitely a risk. But so for me, basically, I, so I resigned from my job, my full-time job in January. And I basically took three months to prepare for Congo. Initially, I didn't even know where I wanted to go. I just like, I want to go to Africa. I speak French. I felt, you know, I was in this, the, I was in DC where there was so much media coverage and everywhere in the world was getting news from DC. And I was just, it was too much. I wanted to be in a, somewhere where I felt that news coverage was needed, you know, and places where we don't often hear mm -hmm. news from. It was maybe naive of me, but I thought, you know, I'd rather go somewhere where I can be a bit more help useful rather than be with a million other journalists chasing the same, you know, you know, I guess it's, it's a bit like, you know, from going to a big company to a startup, you know, I just, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So, so that's sort of why I wanted to go. I, I, in terms of deciding where I, I mentioned I had built that network over the years and that was really key because basically I reached out to my network and I asked these are the places I'm considering going where do you where do you need someone and this mm. is what I can this is what I pitched myself I said this is what I can do very short pitch I said I can do xyz I'm planning on being there in April these are the three locations which location would you and I got two really solid answers from two different companies basically not offering me a contract but saying well if you go to this location and it was the same location which was Kinshasa if you go to Kinshasa we'll definitely be interested in your work in work mm. for you. We, can't, we can't promise anything but so I felt I felt confident enough you know that I was going to get work And then before going, I reached out to a few journalists. There was only two I, that I found that were already there. So in, in my industry, and I called them and they were there in Congo. And I said, you know, how is it? You know, is, and I, I asked them for some advice and they, you know, I got, I, I got positive, you know, positive feedback. So I had, and I had some savings. So I thought, you know, okay, let me try this for, for three months and, If it doesn't work, I can always come back. I can always, you uh -huh. know. because of that, again, I come back to this network that I had. I, I, like I've never, I always felt that I could, I could come back to a job because I had such good mm -hmm. contacts and I had, you know, even though I had done different jobs, I always left in good terms. I planned it and it was very scary. Before going, I remember talking to I had met this other journalist who had moved to Nairobi in Kenya uh, American and, and I remember telling her like a week before like I'm so scared like what if it doesn't work out and also you know I had never been to Africa I had no idea what you know what I was getting into <laughs> and I had you know even though I had a bit of savings I didn't have lots of savings and I had you know no contract no I mean it was and and you know Kinshasa is is a bit of a scary place when you and I loved it in the end but when you don't know you know you don't know it you know you just don't really know what to expect and and my first week was quite terrifying Kinshasa is a big big city and it's 
it's quite unsafe for you know foreigners so you can't really walk around and I remember my first week just thinking what am I doing here I remember writing a diary actually about my first initial Mm. thoughts and so what happened my first week so the, the two companies that had express interests were the BBC and AFP, who I currently work. And the first, so I had bought a camera, everything to be able to work for, for the BBC. And uh, my first week when I got there, I was staying with a friend of a friend. You know, I didn't even have a flat yet. And some British tourists got kidnapped in Eastern Congo. And so it was a big, a big story for the BBC. And so my first week, I was on the news at 10. And that, I mean, that's, so the, my, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, quick, you know, results when you're in, I mean that, you know, I moved to Congo and suddenly my first week I'm on the new, you know. You're the foreign correspondent. Yeah. So that, that's how it started. And then for the next six months, I was basically working for the BBC every day. And and how is that? We actually, you know, going out there reporting for this British tourist who had been kidnapped. I think in Shasai, it's not very safe to walk on your own. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're going yeah. to Eastern Congo, that's, that's another story. Yeah. That's different So level. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't go. I mean, you, often you can't, you can't mm-hmm. go to these places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do lives, TV lives from your rooftop with your laptop and you're sitting on a chair on your rooftop talking about something happening on the other side of the country. It's not ideal, but often that's that's the case. I mean, I did travel to Eastern Congo, you know, eventually <laughs> for the BBC, but you know, in a in an organize, you know, with you know support and with an NGO and you know all yeah. that. I didn't just again. And I think what I learned also very early on from you know talking to people who had done this for much longer is that if you want to be a foreign correspondent successfully, and I think it applies to other professions as well in these you know in, in these environment sort of hostile environments is that actually those that last are those who who don't take risks or, or unnecessary risks yeah. you know and and in journalism often you know you hear you know big team like journalists that you know parachute in a country and go to the front line and but that's not what i was doing i was living in the country i wanted to stay there to be able to to report on on what was happening for a long time or you know not just in and out kind of thing so it's a sure. very different mentality than just going in and out and wanting to just you know do the the sort of sexy you know sexy reporting sure. i wanted to i wanted to understand the co- i i also went with a lot of you know humility and curiosity and wanting to try and understand the culture really understand obviously i made mistakes in the beginning you know 27 year old who's never been to congo how am i supposed to be the expert on on congo so it's you know you 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 make mistakes and you and you learn yeah and and when when you think of your position today you know in your life what you've accomplished when you look back at all of this and we obviously covered you know a small fraction of all of this how does it feel? It feels great. It feels great. I I feel so lucky. Mm-hmm. I feel so lucky that I get to do a job that I love and I get to do, you know, to experience 
new things and learn. I learn constantly. I, you know, you're in a foreign country, you, you know, you're constantly like learn, even if it's not specifically linked to your work, you know, just living here is, 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 is great because you get to learn so much and, and grow <laughs> as a human being as well. So, <laughs> so it feels great. Obviously it hasn't been, it hasn't always been easy. It, it is not always easy even today with, you know, now I've been here for three years and I have more experience, but even now it's, it's, you know, it's never always easy. Obviously there are moments when you question, you know, you question your, your choices, you miss, you miss the comfort of, of home. Journalism also has its problems of course, and limitations. It's not a perfect job. I love it, but it's not a perfect job. It's mm-hmm. not a perfect job at all. And I and I, I realized that recently. And it's okay. And it's okay. And I realized that actually it's not a perfect job, but but it's good. What makes it okay? The positives outweigh the negatives. I enjoy what I do. I am happy to wake up in the morning and work. And I, you know, obviously there are frustrations, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a, it's not a great industry. You're very badly paid, you know, you're not necessarily recognized for the work you do, but, but it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's fun. It's fun. You learn, you travel. I mean, it's already pretty good. It's already pretty good. And I, and, yeah. and yeah, and I think, and it's also, you know, it's also the kind of job that evolves. It's not every day is different, and you know, in in two years, three years, five years, I think I'll still be a journalist, but it might be a very different kind. And you know, when I look back already at the last you know five ten years, I feel like I've done so many different, completely different things, Mm. and that's so cool. That's so cool. From covering Trump to Congo, I mean, it's so you know so so rich, and and I don't regret. I don't regret any any of those decisions, and and it's just been a, a great ride. Yeah. So, so what's next? See, I don't know. I mean, you know, when I was in, I I never thought I would be in Nigeria. You know, it's it's we'll see, we'll see. But I think I'll I'll continue doing this. I think I'll continue doing this for a while. Maybe in another country, we'll see. But I think I'm I'm I want to keep doing this for a while. Yeah. Cool. I wonder, is there any advice or anything that you feel like we should have covered today to help our listeners? Thinking of people who are looking for direction or may have direction, but find it a bit scary to make a jump. Is there anything that stands out to you that you'd like to share? Yeah. Well, there's one thing that we didn't really get into, but perhaps I could mention it briefly. And it's sort of, it's more of a lesson learned for me and, and, maybe could help others in in their journey because one part of my career that we didn't mention is that last year i i tried something else than journalism for six months because for personal reasons i had to move country and so i had to i had to try another another kind of job and that was also a defining moment for me. As I, as I said, I, I had never thought that I would do anything else than journalism, mm-hmm. but suddenly mm-hmm. here I was doing something completely different. The reason I, I 
I did that is because I was working for the BBC in in Senegal before and it was you know I had my dream job it was my dream I was working for the best you know one of the best media companies in the world I was a foreign correspondent I was traveling Mm -hmm. I mean it was it was on paper it was the dream job but I wasn't I wasn't happy actually for Mm. for for lots of different reasons you know I personally I realized at that point that yes my job is very important and and yes you know finding your finding your purpose in your career is very important but what I I also realized is that it's also about the life that you want and not just the job itself but for me at that moment the job was not enough to give purpose to my life and so I I left that job and moved to Nigeria where I took a job with with another company and and then eventually found found my way back into journalism which has been great because it is my my passion but I, I had to be quite brave and it was very difficult to decide to leave that dream job but I'm so much happier today in my current job I'm glad actually you mentioned it, Louise, because I didn't realize it was such a pivotal moment in your life and and career. And Mm. and I can see how, you know, I mean, leaving a dream job on paper is, that's uh, that's another scary moment. It's difficult. Yeah. 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 And that's something like people really don't understand. And I was worried, you know, for my my CV, you know, how it's going to, what is it going to look like? You know, why would she resign from, you know, West Africa? And so... And it's about, you know, blocking that and just doing what's good for you. And yep. I, I, and I'm so glad I did that because I, it was good for my, you know, mental health. But then I also found my current job, which I love. Finding that courage to, to, to leave a job that you're unhappy, that might be the perfect job on paper. You know, it, you might find a better job if you have the courage to, to, to follow your heart. And when I listen to your story, you know, maybe those are the two key things that, that are striking is, is the courage, you know, that you've had, but also, I'm not sure if it's the discipline or the intellectual rigor and the heart rigor to look, to try and define clearly what's your own definition of success. And yes, it's moved. And it's changed over time, but it was yours. It wasn't defined by what looked like a dream job on paper or covering, you know, the Trump elections in DC or, or whatever. It's just, yeah. you know, this is what I define as success and I'm going after this. And, and of course, it evolves over time as, as you grow and yeah. situations change. And having the courage to go after it and make the changes to, to, to go after them. So great. Yeah, really, really inspiring to, to listen to, to your story. Thank you so much for, for being here. How can people listen to you or hear you or read you? I usually post my stories on Twitter. So now I'm not in TV anymore. I write, which is also something I love. And so another change, but a good change. And so the stories I write, I usually post them on Twitter. So my handle is Louise Duast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. And I have a website also, louisedouast.com. Okay. It was a real pleasure. Hi there. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Derby Podcast. 
I hope it inspired you and that you got to learn what it actually is like when you decide to do what you really want to do. If you liked this episode, please share it and subscribe on your usual podcast player. And if you want some help to find direction, well, have a look at Derby, the self-coaching app and community, which you can find at www.derby.me. That's www.darebe.me. Till next we meet, Derby yourself.